Hey guys, it's Keon. Today I'm gonna give you my recap on UFC on ESPN 14. I usually do these the next day after the event, but I had so many recording issues during this. So I did this multiple times and I was so close to not even doing one at all, like at all because of all the issues and errors that was going on. But we are finally here. I'll give you my recap on this event. Let me give you my score first. Usually we don't do that, so we'll switch it up a bit. My score for this card would probably be a 5 out of 10. You know, nothing that special. There's a, a lot of these UFC on ESPN cards or fight nights. They're going to be 5 or 6s, maybe 4s sometimes because they're just not, they're not the greatest. I'm just going to be honest. But that's to be expected with the amount of fights the UFC is putting out right now. And I can't complain about that. I love having a schedule of lots of fights all the time. I actually liked the week where they had three fights, three fight events in a week. They had it on Saturday. Well, not in a week, but they had one on Saturday, Wednesday, and then the next Saturday. So I can't complain about all these fights going on, but it is to be expected that not all the cards are going to be the greatest, but there are some good moments on this card, we'll start off with the main event, Robert Whitaker defeating Darren Till by unanimous decision. It was very close in the beginning. Uh, Darren Till, he looked really good in this fight. This was one of those fights that even though Darren Till lost, he looked really good. And I think his stock is going to rise because of it. For him to go to put on a performance like this against Robert Whitaker, who's the former champ of the division... And for him to basically have a performance like that with one leg, because Robert Whitaker just destroyed it early on. I'm impressed with Darren Till in this loss. I don't think his stock goes down whatsoever. So I can't wait to see Darren Till again. I don't think um, it's going to hurt him that bad. Like I said, he's just going to probably take one or two more fights before he gets to a title shot again because he's so popular still. So on the other hand, Robert Whitaker, he he looked really good. He was tough. He was resilient. His striking is just too crisp for this division. I think he's the best striker outside of Israel Adesanya though. But uh, I even think in a rematch with Israel, he's he would do better. That's just my opinion, though. But uh, Robert Whitaker, he should fight Jack Hermanson next. That's a good fight to, uh, for both guys. I, I would love to see that. And uh, yeah, solid main event, you know. Very close in the beginning, and then it went to Robert Whitaker at the end. In the co-main events, Mauricio Shogunhua defeated Antonio Rogerio Noguera by split decision. This was a very close fight, even though these guys were old. Man, they were fighting like it was the first fight back in Pride, and I loved it. It's that nostalgic feeling you get when you watch legends like these guys fight together in 2020. It's crazy how they're still fighting at this time right now. But uh, Mauricio Shogunhua, I think he, he edged the fight. It was a very close fight, but he edged it because of the takedowns, in my opinion. Um, after this fight, uh, Rogerio announced his retirement. I'll probably do a video on his career sometime, but uh, what a fun career he's had, you know? Um, I know his bigger brother got most of the attention because he was the former Pride heavyweight champion, this and that, but 
Rogerio himself had some memorable moments in MMA, and I think a video would be perfect to capture those things. So, congrats on his retirement. Uh, Fabricio Verdum, he defeated Alexander Gustafsson via armbar two minutes and 30 seconds into the first round. One, once the fight got to the ground, I knew it was over. Verdum is just the best jiu-jitsu fighter in the heavyweight division. But Alexander Gustafsson, I don't think this was bad. So I know he was coming into this fight, a new division, and off of a semi-retirement, basically. I don't think this was a fight where you could say, oh, he, ha he has to go back to retirement. I think it's just a different ball game in heavyweight now. Give him a top 15 guy first. I think... Uh, Fabricio Verdum was too quick of a of a jump once you get to heavyweight. Fabricio Verdum, a former heavyweight champion, that's I thought that was too much. So Alexander Gustafsson should come back, and I would love to see him fight someone in the top fifteen. Um, I don't know, that would be good. I would actually love to see Derek Lewis versus Alexander Gustafsson. That would be fun, but that's not top fifteen. Anyways, um, let's see some other fun things on this card that I would like to point out. I know. Kamzat Kamaev. Is it Kamaev or Chamaev, man? I don't know yet, but I should know because this guy is incredible. He is being compared to Khabib right now, and uh, I understand that. I compare him to Khabib as well, but we got to respect this man as Kamzat Kamaev. I'm going to say Kamaev for now. But Kamzat Kamaev, he destroyed Rise McKee. First round, it was even worse than his debut fight with the UFC, which was 10 days ago. This was an even more dominant performance by Kamzat. And Rise McKee, man, like credit to him for taking this fight. He basically just walked into, into a beating, basically. But uh, respect to him for taking that fight. And man, I'm excited for Kamzat Kamayev. I know a lot of people are high on him becoming a champion and some people are saying oh, it's too early to say that i'm with the side that thinks he's going to become a champion and i think he will do it very easily his style is khabib it's basically khabib but he's bigger and that, that's dangerous these dagestanian fighters man they are the new breed of mma right now so it's exciting to see and he, he knows how to talk in front of a camera too so i can't wait to see future matchups um, for Kamzat Kamaev. I just don't know who he's going to fight because if I'm a fighter, I do not want to fight this guy because he's so low rank, but so good. He he should be thrown in with like top 10, top five possibly. But um, that's just my opinion. I know a lot of people are saying you got to take it slow, but I want to see him against the top dogs already. In the uh, prelims, let me talk about the prelims. Uh, there was Francisco Trinaldo defeating Jai Herbert. Uh, late stoppage. Jai Herbert was looking good early. And then Francisco Trinaldo uh, dropped him. I think it was with a right uh, punch. And Herb Dean stopped the fight late. But I can't blame Herb Dean for that stoppage. Because here's the thing. When you watched that knockout on the screen, you knew he was out based on his face, Jai Herbert's face. If you were looking at his face, 
you immediately you immediately knew he was out. The broadcast team could also see that too. They have screens in front of them. The only person who wasn't able to see his face was Herb Dean because he was behind the action. It may have looked like a regular knockout to him, but little did he know the face of Jai Herbert, it was completely out. So in my opinion, yes, it was a bad stoppage, but it wasn't necessarily Herb Dean's fault. And then for Dan Hardy to get mad at Herb Dean is just, it sucks because it's, it's just one of those situations where it, it happens, you know, and you can't just be listening to the announcers telling the ref to stop the fight. That's like a conflict of interest. That's not, they're not referees. They don't have, they have screens. It's a different situation for Herb Dean, who's actually in there. No screens, doesn't see Jai Herbert's face. It's, it's pretty bad that Dan Hardy did that, in my opinion, but I understand he, because earlier that night, uh, there was another late stoppage with Tanner Bozer defeating Rafael Pessoa. Shout out to Tanner Bozer because uh, I'm excited for him in the heavyweight division and Canadian as well. So the great Canadian hope is coming soon. We also have another Canadian who won, Jesse Ronson. He defeated Nicholas Dalby by rear naked choke. I was also impressed with uh, Tom Aspinall defeating Jake Collier by uh, TKO 45 seconds into the first round. Um, I think this guy looks a lot like uh, Frank Mir, first of all. Secondly, he is a smaller heavyweight, but he's pretty quick and he has heavy hands, man. That's a guy to look out for. Both Tom Aspinall and Tanner Bozer, I think they're the rise of the new heavyweights in terms of smaller heavyweight fighters, but fast and powerful. I'm excited for those two. And uh, another thing I want to bring up was uh, the fight between Penny Kianzad, who defeated uh, Bech Koher by a decision. It was funny how uh, Bech Koher, she thought the round ended and there was 10 seconds left, actually. And she just starts walking away and then gets punched. That was pretty funny. Otherwise, um, pretty average card, in my opinion. But uh, still solid. I enjoyed it. Um, I'll also bring up the Paul Craig uh, triangle choke. I forgot about that because I got excited by Kamzat Kamaev. But otherwise, what did you guys think about the card? How would you rate it between on a scale between 1 to 10? Uh, and if you are watching this on my Patreon, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Like I said, money is going to charity. Good causes. I promise you that. And if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, thank you for listening as well. If you are listening to to this on Apple Podcasts, give it a five-star review. I would really appreciate it. Otherwise, uh, that was my recap, and I will do another one of these for the next event. For now, have a good day. Thank you.